Dude, I was I was feeling myself during the uh, "What's Up, Belly Up" episode. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving, blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass. And these are your what hosts, is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck AJ Pass. As always, Mack. I'm your host, KJ, joined by the forever wonderful Zach Mack. And uh, it's good to be recording together on our podcast. Last The What's Up LA Up was fun, but uh, it's good to be back at Puck Puck Pass. Yeah, not enough hockey. Not, not enough hockey. I tried to, in for the sake of your podcast that you do with Mike Brown, What's Up LA Up is really fun listen if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, but I didn't want to bring like all the same discussion to that podcast. So I really, I had to a couple times, but I toned down the hockey as much as possible. Yeah. I get all my hockey done in this one. So uh, yeah, like I just said, it's what's up belly up. Um, he joined us last night. So that should be, I believe it's out, right? Yeah, it's, it's out. out. I listened okay. to it today. Yeah. So go listen to that. KJ's on it and he talks other sports, which is always fun. I think I mentioned being a narcissist in that episode. And then I, I'm sure to listen to what's up belly up the second it comes out with me on it. <laughs> I, I always listen to it later in the week. Like after I re listen to ours and everything, but that one I'm like, Oh, better put that on. Skip, skip my lunch for it. Yeah. You had good sound bits <laughs> in that one too. So I, yeah, I was feeling good. Uh, we've got a bunch of talk about, you know, this is a pretty <laughs> exciting, shocking, uh, We've got accusations in the air, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but we'll start with probably the hottest team in hockey right now, and that's the Florida Panthers, host who will host the All Star Game next year as well. We didn't oh, put that right. on our list, but I think that was announced today as well. So uh, Sunrise, Miami, they're getting the All Star treatment. Uh, but the Panthers have won six in a row. They've looked good doing it. They've beaten other hot teams. They're they're causing trouble in the in the Atlantic division and they're putting distance between themselves and Toronto. Yeah, that was, that was a good impromptu add in there. You're right. We didn't have that NHL all-star tidbit on our list, but uh, Hey, we we're talking about the puck puck pass podcast bump. And I've been loving up on the, the Panthers. I feel like we've been talking about them a lot recently and here they go. Six game win streak. Like you said, creating space. They're what two, there's two whole games with no games in hand. They're two games up on the Leafs. Yeah. Yeah, and we're talking like a shade over 30 games left in the season. Uh, it's getting interesting. I mean, how funny is it the, the Leafs are dropping into a wild card spot while the Bruins are a division leader? Yeah, it's... They can't play, could they play each other in the playoffs if that's the case? Can you play your own division? Yeah, in the first round. If, yeah. Well, Toronto would... for Two things would have to happen. Toronto obviously would have to be in the wild card because... Doesn't I keep saying that Tampa Bay has a good chance of catching Boston, but Boston keeps holding on to like six, eight point leads. So if yeah. Boston is, if Boston wins the Atlantic, they either have to finish with more points than Washington and, or the Metro winner, I should say. And Toronto is the two wild card, or they win the Atlantic with less points than the Metro winner. And Toronto is the first wild card. Yeah, you're right. I didn't realize, and I also didn't realize how far like Toronto's out. Like they're not even a wild card team right now. No, they're three points out of a wild card, and they're 
they're not great at home, which I think is a big in Florida's 16, eight and two at home, 12, eight and three on the road, which is, you know, pretty pedestrian, but they're eight and two in their last 10. Like you said, they've won six in a row. Uh, not really on the back of Sergei Bobrovsky, which I think is one of the more shocking tidbits about all this is it's been offense, offense, offense for a team that's talented, obviously, but we, when Bob signed there, we figured that's what they needed. They just needed a goaltender. And apparently they were losing a lot of five to six games that I didn't know about because they're still giving up four goals. You know, it seems like every game, but they're winning games. Yeah. I'm looking for it right now. 898 for Sergei Bobrovsky. This Dreger, Dreger kid, he's five and two in eight starts. Uh, with a 932 save percentage. So I'm just having a really uh, hard time picturing this postseason like with Columbus and not with Toronto. But that's like that's the way it would end or not. Yeah. With Carolina, Columbus, Florida, they'd all be in the playoffs and Toronto would not. Or potentially Philadelphia, I guess. Yeah, I mean we're looking at as it stands, no Chicago no Nashville, San Jose, Anaheim, or Los Angeles. Or Rangers, Jersey, Detroit. I mean, like all these teams for the last two decades have been, you know, most of them have been in the playoffs and making runs. And now we're looking at, you know, all these places where hockey wasn't going to do anything. Are you know, Dallas would make the playoffs. Colorado and St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis. Really yeah. It's just all these all these teams love that just to see seem to be going in the wrong direction. You know, teams with a lot of high hopes, too. Jeez. This this hockey season has been crazy. And I feel like maybe that's getting understated. And I know this is a totally different issue for another episode. But you look at these standings, and we'll talk about the Coyotes later, but there are a lot of examples of nothing has been the same back-to-back episodes. Like a, a major shift has happened in yeah. the two or four days between episodes. Do you think that all gets like, I'm trying to remember back to last year if it was like this or not. Does everything just seem to smooth itself out like after the All-Star break? Or I, I'm trying to think of, well, I guess last year we had the crazy run with St. Louis. Yeah, and Columbus playing out of their mind to make it right at the end. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I, and- I mean, could you see? Could you? Okay, if you had to, if you had to guess right now, are the Maple Leafs in by the end of the year? Yeah. Is is it too early to worry? No, no, no. I don't think it's too early to worry. But I still see them getting in. But you know, honeymoon period's over. You know, things are going back to normal. Whatever people are going to say about the Maple Leafs seems to be happening. But eventually they'll get consistent goaltending and the offense will stay hot. I think that's their biggest issue right now is, well, I mean, one and four in the shootout granted Boston's zero and seven, but I mean, just a few points here and there would be monumental in their approach to the playoffs, but things you talk about smoothing out after the all-star break. I think Toronto is going to be exhibit a and they'll make the playoffs. Okay. At the expense of probably Carolina or Columbus. Without Dougie, without Dougie Hamilton, Carolina is not the same team. 
Yes, yeah, so you you said. Well, I mean, we we ultimately agreed that the Dougie Hamilton injury wouldn't sink the Hurricanes per se. No, but that was before Florida won six in a row, or you know was looking so dangerous because right now Florida seems like a I don't want to say a lock, but I don't know how Toronto makes up five points on Florida without beating them every single time, which I don't think will happen, especially with Florida's home record. So Florida would be my next. They're out if Toronto's in. Very close to Carolina, but with the way it's projecting now, it's tough to say. Okay, so they're going to play after the break on February 3rd. I mean, obviously we all saw Florida beat Toronto 8-4, to and that's when I was making fun of yeah. Toronto guys hanging out in Miami too late. But they're going to go to <laughs> Toronto right after the break, and we'll see. We'll see if that's like a – Big game. Yeah, I think it'll be a big game. But, I mean, Florida's plus 20 in goal differential. That's – seeing. oh, my God, that seems like such a huge leap from our last Wednesday's episode. And that's nine better than Toronto. All right. Anyway, the other, <laughs> team, the other team that we were throwing in here, which we kind of talked about, and this is why I didn't say Columbus when we were talking about Toronto making the playoffs because – Elvis Merzlikens is on fire. He's got four. He's four zero and zero, three shutouts in his last four games played. They have sixty points. That's one behind Carolina for the top wild card spot. And we know John Tortorella can keep teams rallied, in, inspired. And this looks like another team he's going to be able to do that with. Yeah, is uh, is Merzlikens the real deal? Like so, so we'll probably we'll give him an extended uh, YGS here. It's like he just said, he's got three shutouts, three shutouts in his last four, right? And it was yes. Oh, he shut out Boston and Vegas. Did he do both of those? Yeah, yes. he did. Yep. Is he this the next? Don't say it. Been no, no. <laughs> it ran across my mind, but I wasn't gonna say it. Is he the next starting goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets? Yeah, I think he's got to be the clear-cut number one. I mean, yeah, shutting out the Devils is good and all, but not nearly as impressive as shutting out Boston and Vegas. So, and a 9 isn't bad. No, it's not bad at all. He is playing like a number one goaltender. He deserves to be the number one goaltender after what we've seen. It's, you know, it's tough to say that he's not the sole reason that they're in a playoff spot. Oh man. They did lose to the the Blackhawks. Here we are January. Some goalies got to step up because it's January and we'll just see how long it lasts. And yeah, the problem is, is I just, I don't think Columbus is going to be, so lucky to play a team that'll sleep on them like Toronto did. Like this Columbus team could could very well make the playoffs. And I, I mean, if you put a gun to my head, maybe I say they're a lock for the playoffs with how they're playing right now. But I don't think they get a team that they can beat in the first round because it's going to be Boston or Washington or Pittsburgh. Yeah, the odds, the, just the odds of getting a Bennington story all over again. It's just not likely. It's not likely back to back years. Sorry, not here. I mean, who did St. Louis beat in the first round? Oh, Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, talk about a cakewalk. 
No, but it'll be, I mean, they're just, I just threw them in there because that's another team where it's like, oh, okay, this is, let's throw them in there. We'll watch them for a while. You know, there have been teams, Florida was that team already where we were like, oh, okay, well, let's just, let's see how long this lasts. Boom, six game win streak, third in their division. You know, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be a battle. And even if it means the Flyers making the playoffs, if this is a one point race, all the way to the rest of the end of the season, I'd be I'd be satisfied. Yeah, I would just like to say shout out to Merzlikin because you really you kind of raised the bar here. I mean, Tristan Jari was the previous YGS champ because he had back to back shoutouts, and now Merzlikin on here for three shoutouts. It seems like now we're just. You think he's going to win the Calder? <laughs> Do we ask that every time? Oh no. I was thinking about I, don't think, I I saw it. I think someone from the athletic wrote it today, a case for him uh, to win the Calder. So really, he keeps, he keeps playing like this. He he's got as good a shot of anyone as anyone. Uh, last but not least in the East. Ooh, I like that. Um, <laughs> Carolina, the Carolina Hur- hurricanes storm surge playing dodgeball. You love to see it, right? Like you just, that's what you, you pay for. Yeah, this came up on my, my feed today, and I thought – have they been doing this all year? I thought they weren't doing celebrations. I got to be honest. I was asking myself the same thing. Yeah, like I don't know. I've, I, I've seen a couple like extended celebrations after wins, but I don't think I've seen anything quite as elaborate. Yeah, it seems to be. Maybe they're just – maybe they're bringing it back for the – maybe they do it in the second half. And now Justin Williams is back, so. Yeah, maybe he's the – the what do you call it? The ring bear. They probably there was probably a bunch of content put out about how now that Justin Williams is back, the Hurricanes are going to start the storm surge again. And you know, I love the players on that team. I love the fans, but I just don't pay attention to Hurricanes Twitter. I just can't do it. Yeah. So it's unfortunate because they're a good team. But yeah, I don't I don't know if they've been doing it all year. I'm embarrassed to say. I bet that's fun. Sorry, Carolina. I don't think I've ever played dodgeball and skates. No. I wasn't – this might shock people knowing what a freak athlete I am, but I was never great at dodgeball. <laughs> I, had a, I, I don't think admittedly I was either. I had really broad shoulders, and that just presented a huge target. All the baseball nerds were always yeah. trying to throw their, sliders. their high cheese at you. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> – I'm not pulling a hammy and missing real sports to play dodgeball. Yeah. Anymore. But I always hear if you caught it one year, you want to come back in. That was my favorite rule. Yeah. Uh, and played a huge part in the movie dodgeball. <laughs> the the catch in your in rule was, was pretty big in that movie. Uh, seamless transition from movies to what seems like a movie. Uh, everyone's favorite mascot, Gritty, is being investigated for assault of a 13-year-old. Oh, man, I saw somebody tweet this morning, what did you do, Gritty? And I was just like, Gritty's so gritty, you know? So I just was like, oh, that must be Gritty being stupid again. And then the story, I heard about the story. I was like, oh, my goodness. Happened back in November? Uh, is that true? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was in November, and it was re- reported late December after the team and the dad couldn't come to an agreement on – the dad says he wants an apology and something special for his son. And it sounds like the flyers offered like 
uh, locker room access, meeting with the – oh, here it is. Uh, Greenwell, Greenwell, who works for the – I don't – no, oh, yeah, they wanted to put him on the bench during warm-ups. That was a weird way to say it. Philly Inquirer <laughs> figures. But, yeah, I mean, they just – they were trying to do something special for him, but I guess weren't owning up to it. And then the dad said, oh, well, you you said Gritty admitted it. And the Flyers are like, no, we fucking didn't. Yeah. So now, they're, now, they're, now they're fighting about it. Uh, worth mentioning, and I won't take credit for this take, but we are all talking about this, like Gritty will be sitting in a court. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> like the human being under this costume, if this is true and it was malicious, then, yeah, I mean, that's pretty – fucked up i mean it's a 13 year old boy that wanted a picture with his weird hero mascot gritty but if he didn't do this i mean he's gonna eat forever on this he's gonna show up in chains at games he's oh, gonna be yeah. wearing a he's gonna be wearing a prison jumpsuit the next time he goes <laughs> out like they're gonna be taunting the philly police via a hairy orange mascot i saw the fanatic i, I guess i'm here for it yeah, I guess Philly mascots are just they're just they do this. They, I mean, it's it's so funny how the whoever's under it, we just we just don't know. It hasn't been mentioned yet. Yeah, somebody, I think it's actually in the comments of this article when I was reading it earlier. But somebody was saying that like it's mostly like college kids. So is it that crazy for like a nineteen twenty year old man? I guess in this case, man would see a 13 could look 15 year old kid and like be pissed that he bopped him on the head. Like, I'm not saying that that gives him the right to, I'm just saying like, it's possible guys that age in college. I was, I got mad super easy when I was that age. It was five years ago. I'm not 55. (laughs) Like it seems plausible, but I just I kind of hope it isn't true. Yeah, I hope it's not true. I, uh, they said nobody could corroborate the story. I think like, there was no witnesses that agreed that that's how it went down. Like this, he said he got a running start and punched as hard as he could. <laughs> yeah, like, that was a really weird part of the story. <laughs> like I feel like doing that to a thirteen year old, and if it is like a nineteen twenty year old, like as hard as you could, like. I, <laughs> Could you imagine what like, – I don't think – they said he came out with a bruise. He went to a chiropractor, and it was a bruise is what he uh, – He had a spinal bruise in the lower thoracic something yes. vertebrae. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't like a herniated disc or something. I'm trying to think back to when I was 19, 20, if I was malicious, which I wasn't. If I was, I'd do a little bit more damage. Well, dude, well as hard as I, I mean. Could. This I probably uh, I probably shouldn't say this over the airwaves, but it's it's fine. Nothing happened about it. But <laughs> when I was thinking of that, when I was I don't know, this is probably like three years ago. I want to say Stephanie and I, my wife and I, went to Greenfield Village in Michigan. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you if you if you live in Michigan, you know Greenfield Village. And we were walking around and we were having a great time. And we got to the gift shop and it's really tight in there. And so Stephanie, there was like this group of kids and I think they were high school. Like 
I'm hoping they were high school, like sophomore, junior age. And Stephanie said, excuse me, and walked by. And Stephanie's very tiny. So she walks by and this kid turns to her and gives her the finger and like makes a face and everything. And I'm like, oh, that was weird. So I like he was still at his back to me and I put my hand on his chest. I'm like. I said something along the lines of like, watch what you're doing, like a super douchebag thing to say. (laughs) But and they were like, oh, nothing happened. And they kept walking. And I thought that was it. And the parents called me out on it and I deserved to be called out on it. But I didn't think I never thought about getting a running start and punching him in the back. (laughs) But, you know, there are people out there with less restraint than I, than I have for sure. I hope. Yeah. And maybe maybe they feel like they can hide behind the gritty. I mean, yeah, I could believe it's never okay to put your hands on a minor. I'm just, I'm speaking from experience that I can see that this could happen, but I hope not. And I hope that kid is, if there was a serious bone bruise, I hope he's okay. It sounded like he was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded like, yeah, the whole story sounds like he's all right. I hope he's okay. I mean, yeah, you just don't really even believe the story, so. Yeah, I just, You can uh, say it. Just say it. I mean, I don't. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, could, yeah, I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. But. <laughs> I could believe it being true, but I don't right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, gritty, wow. This whole gritty situation brings up a lot of a lot of memories. Uh let's move on to the the Arizona Coyotes uh getting what I think is the opposite of the puck puck pass bump. Maybe it's just the universe balancing out a little bit because we were getting so much love to the bump. But uh Arizona's lost two in a row. They've dropped four spots in the standings, which you pointed out to me before the episode. Uh not not looking great for what seemed to be like the most elite defensive and goaltending team in the league. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a testament to how tight the Pacific is. Uh, since we last recorded, which is like literally like, what four days ago, three four days ago, they've gone from first to fourth. I mean, everyone from second to fifth though has fifty seven points. Some with yeah. hands on the others. I'm pre- that looks like what it's based on. The problem is, is they're all Pacific teams. Yeah. So they've got to be really good against these teams. And so you've got, of those teams, Flames, new coach. Knights, new coach. The Oilers, who are just the Oilers and happen to be up there because everyone else isn't pulling away. <laughs> and then the Coyotes, who got just got Taylor Hall. Yeah. And Sal yeah, I mean, they- you mentioned. Yeah, solid goaltending. I mean, when I say elite defensive, I just mean like they weren't giving up a ton of shots on net, yep. and their goalies were playing out of their mind. Like I don't, I don't look at that defensive core and think that they're the best in the league, but they were playing great. In like you said, yeah, it's a really tight division, but they've also they've played the most games outside of Vegas. Yeah, I feel like I feel like games. this race is the Coyotes to lose. Honestly, I think really. Yeah, I, th- I I would give them. Is that only because you don't see you the worst that could happen is switching places with Vegas? Yeah, for you right now, far, yeah. I think down the stretch the Coyotes. I just feel like they could probably play the best hockey when guys are tired. Yeah, and cohesively. I mean, like, I mean, with the Knights having a new coach, Flames having a new coach. I mean, those are good teams. Don't get me wrong. I just don't. I just down the stretch. I think the Coyotes have the edge. 
maybe the Oilers, if if McDavid and Drysdale can keep it up, but still, I mean, I, I don't even think those guys are in the positive, are they? Yeah. For plus minus. I don't. I don't think so. But the the problem for me when I look at the Pacific and you know still focused around the Coyotes and how you know good they were, how so so. I mean, they're five, four, and one over the last ten. They're not you know falling off the edge of a cliff, but. Like, even when I picked Vancouver as a team that could make the playoffs, I had them far from winning the Pacific. Like, that's and granted, the Sharks being so bad, you know, gives everyone a leg up as well as the Kings and Ducks. But I didn't think it'd be in this order. And I thought, you know, either Winnipeg or Nashville would be better to throw a wrench in this. But I mean, Vegas is the second wild card, and they're three points clear of the of the next two teams at 54 points. One of which we'll talk about later. Yeah, so the race in the Pacific, as tight as it is, wow, I didn't realize it was so, it had both, so it does have both wild cards, so. Yeah. Wow, yeah, so even, even more so now, I think that, I think we see, uh, I would pick Arizona to win this division, honestly. I like that. I mean, that's a that's a bold but not crazy take. I mean, they have the second best goal differential still. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not crazy to think that they'll win the division. I mean, it seems like they've played less home games than everyone else too, so they could have a heavier home schedule towards the end. Yeah, that that's not a crazy a crazy prediction for me at all. Uh, I definitely but wouldn't you, be surprised if they were a top three team. To win the division? No, it's still the Knights for me. Oh, it's okay. Still Vegas. Okay. Yeah. I don't think there's if if I had to pick right now, I'd probably say Knights, Flames, Arizona, and then Vancouver in a wild card spot. And I hope not, but I guess Edmonton. <laughs> but that oh no, we'll 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 do that later in the episode. But yeah, it's getting tight in you know the the Jets are on a three game losing streak, so I don't think that's gonna keep going after the All Star break. I think they'll kind of find their groove. So I don't expect them to be three points out for very long. But we'll see. Uh, another uh, sort of Pacific news: Edmonton's AHL team, the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, Brandon Manning's a piece of shit and got suspended for only five games for using a racial slur towards a player on the other team. And I don't think it's been released what he said. And frankly, I don't really think we need to hear it. Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the points I was going to make. We just we never. It seems like we never do hear what it is. No, I mean we saw, like like cameras caught Andrew Shaw using a homophobic slur. Like you could see yep. him say it. But I guess, yeah, you're right. Other than that, we really don't know, other than Bill Peters, because Akeem Alou told us. But as far as players, you don't. Yeah, you're right. I, I think, think it's because the rule book doesn't. I had this mini discussion on Twitter with uh, Luke and Jacqueline, I think, about the, the rule book doesn't, like, it lumps racial slurs into something else, like some other rule. So I can't, I'd, I'd have to look at it. Oh, up. like some verbal abuse rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not, they don't define like different racial slurs. And I, I think because they don't define it, that's why we never hear about it because it doesn't matter. It's all lumped into, which is unfortunate, yeah. I think. What? 
in what world does five games seem okay? Exactly. Like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that in in any point, but especially this climate right now, the hockey community, the way hockey culture's been affected and in my book improved the last six months and the people we've gotten rid of and issues we've brought to light that you look at this and say, you know what, this 29 year old stand up guy will have it figured out in five games. <laughs> like that doesn't, by the way, and I'm being facetious, obviously he's yeah. 29 years old and he's garbage, but you know, it's people saying that he'll learn from this and him saying that, you know, basically I'm sorry. I got, I got caught. Yep. Like there's no guys like this. Don't 29 year old, former full-time NHLers, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. don't really deserve second chances when it comes to something that is clearly just part of their vocabulary and they let it slip. Or not, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's just they a, said what they meant. Yeah, like you got like, there's just got to be no tolerance. Five games is so weak. For it's, I mean, We're trying to get rid of this shit, you know? Do you... Would you be in favor of an indefinite suspension following uh, – I know they have the like the classes or courses that you go through. Like, prof- like they're like professional settings and they're, you just learn about um, – oh, my God. I wish I could remember the name of it right now. I think I know what you're talking but, about. I mean- yeah. It's, it's basically like a, a sensitivity training. He goes through sensitivity training. Um, and you know, when he comes back from that and I don't know what, what other step would have to be taken, but you eventually, you know, just, yeah, make, right, yeah, make him go through that. I'd be on that. I'd be on that. It's just, just so wild to me that, and I, and I, I obviously do not know what it's like to be put in that situation. Um, no matter the situation, but I mean, you're all professional athletes, you all play the same sport. You're all working towards the same goal, especially in the AHL, when the goal is to be called up to the big leagues, uh, where Brandon Manning would be playing with Connor McDavid, who he injured in his rookie year on a pretty, if I remember, suspect hit going towards the boards. Yeah, you brought that up. That's so, so ironic. Like, just, yeah. just a piece. Yeah. If, if Edmonton didn't have enough reason to hate this guy, <laughs> now they do. And, and sometimes – in a lot of situations you get defenders of the logo, basically like Edmonton fans and Bakersfield fans that wouldn't be able to come to terms with this. But I really saw none of that in this situation, which credit credit to them and all those fans who I ridicule a lot, but there was zero support for this guy. And I didn't see very much of, you know, he'll learn and other than from, you know, his apology, quote unquote apology. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it sucks that at least we win a few episodes without having to talk about something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, it is January 22nd, and we still don't know why Jim Montgomery was fired. Mm. <laughs> uh, will we ever? <laughs> will we ever? Your, your little reminder. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I think you brought this up. Maybe I brought it up, but I think you did. Uh, the goal of the decade was announced. Since we last recorded, I believe it was today. Yeah, it was on NHL.com. Yeah, it was Patrick Kane's overtime goal in game six to win the Stanley Cup in 2010. Uh, I mentioned this to you in 
I don't know how surprised you were, but I don't love this choice. It it was a a shot on net that was just supposed to get on net, probably cause some problems up up front, and it slipped by, and only Patrick Kane knew it went in. This was about significance more than anything else, I think. Is that our outro? Yeah, I just I think so. Yeah, I think I think it's that might be, but I guess we'll, I'll listen to it again. <laughs> well, we know our outro, so it's like, all right, well, that's that's the same as it's always been. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. It happened in 2010, so we had what nine, not almost a pretty. We had a pretty much a decade to top this goal, and apparently we didn't. So, uh, the best goal of the decade happened 10 years ago, and. I hated the goal. Obviously, I was much younger, less respectful for the game. And more of a Red Wings fan than ever, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, didn't like that goal, but... So, yeah. Do I agree with you that it wasn't the goal of the decade? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> significant nonetheless, though, for Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, was it the the best overtime, the best Stanley Cup winning goal, the best overtime goal of the playoffs? I don't know. Maybe I'm sure there's a very good case for it. Uh, but, I mean, I think, and I know it's it's two goals, and I know it doesn't count. But two goals in a minute seven or in 17 seconds is something I look back yeah. on more often than the Kane goal. Yeah, and I think because this one ended a title drought. So, like you said before, it's just yeah. there's a lot put on significance of the goal. Do you remember? It was a few years ago. The Evgeny Malkin goal where I think it was against the Oilers, actually. He stole the puck near the blue line in his offensive zone, turned around and did a spinorama backhand goal that went far down. Yes, I do remember that goal. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw a goal, the goal of the decade. It's one of the cleanest, yeah, like best single single man efforts I've still ever seen. Yeah, I think someone would have to show me a better one to convince me because I think you're right. That was I remember, I remember being hung up on that goal for a long time. Yeah, I, you know, I say I say that goal, but I'm sure both Connor and Sid have just yeah, sensational goals. Well, shit, do you remember Thomas Tatar's overtime goal against the Stars, where he picked apart three people? And like had to bat it in right at the last second in overtime. I don't think it it, was, it wasn't like a playoff format or anything, but it was pretty damn impressive. And I think I think Doc called it. That's why I liked it so much too. Even Kachuk yeah, so, out through the legs was that's amazing. Ooh, from that how, was, from how far out he was. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We we're good on time, so I'm gonna two seconds. We need. To stop, like, so you saw the voting for that goal. Right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. know you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I agree yeah. to do 100% on it, too. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk's goal was incredible. And if you haven't seen it, he's, what, like 10 feet out from the goal, and the puck bounces to him, and he, you know, between his legs with the stick. Your words don't do the it top justice. shelf. And yeah. It, yeah. Well, yeah, words definitely don't do it justice. But it was a great, great goal. And it was getting the least or second to least amount of votes because everyone's just mad at Matthew Kachuk right now. Yeah. Like, come on. It's just so dumb. Oh man. This cracks me up too. Oh, that's it so it was the first thing I noticed. I clicked that cause I voted for Kachuk and as soon as I clicked, I was like, yep. Not surprised at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just the most, that's the most hockey fan thing in the world. Oh. And it wasn't even like he had like 18% of the vote. 
It wasn't like he had 30 and the other guy had zero. Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean David had like 50 some. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, so one of those, you could even make a better case for goal of the decade. But the last thing I want to do today, and I hate to end it on a somber note, but we have a few burials, burials to do tonight. Both out of the East that we praise so much today. But there's only so much a team can overcome. And the New York Rangers and the Montreal Canadiens, both their seasons are officially over. The New York Rangers are 10 points out of the second wild card. And the Montreal Canadiens are nine. Uh, Nothing seems to be going right. Just when it looked like the Rangers might have something, it, it all fell apart. Four and six in their last ten. Montreal's four, five, and one. Uh, would you like to would you like to say a couple words? Um, I'm not uh, I'm not upset about these burials. Um, <laughs> this is like one of the few times I can say that. Uh, the Canadians, I think we all saw it coming. Maybe you know I would say Artemi Panarin is the only wild card that could possibly push the Rangers into a chance. But he I, he's sitting out the All Star game because he's injured, right? I don't know. I don't think he's gonna be out long, but. I yeah, I also don't think he's injured. So okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, can't say I disagree with these, or I'm upset. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> you just reminded me of the Will Ferrell and the wedding in Wedding Crashers when he crashes funerals. <laughs> and that was I don't care about these burials. I like that you haven't no, buried Buffalo right. yet, though. They're still still above ground with us. Yeah, man. They. The Rangers and the the Canadians they don't have Jack Eichel, so give me give me time. They can't lose if they lose their next game. I'll bury them. I like that. Scouts honor. I like it. Oh, uh, but if Jack Eichel has a hat trick in the All Star game, which I'm pretty sure he's going to, um, I wasn't sure if he was also quote unquote injured, <laughs> but uh, if he scores a hat trick in the All Star game, then they're definitely making the playoffs. Calling it. Everything I said earlier in the episode. Out the door. It depends on Jack Eichel's performance in the All-Star game. <laughs> Did we miss anything? I don't believe we missed anything. Good. We're, we're good at that. As we inevitably I mean, we def- missed something. Yeah, no, we definitely missed something. But we're good at thinking uh, we got all the way there. Yeah. Listen, guys, real quick, before we head out of here, uh, a lot of you probably already saw the tweets or the Facebook posts or however you – consume belly up sports and puck puck pass uh but we just found ourselves on Podchaser, Podchaser podchaser.com head over there create an account you can actually it's all linked to the podcast so you can you know get to the bell if you want to listen on your computer you can listen to it from there and leave a review on the podcast five stars obviously i mean hockey podcast kj and zach mac it's all the good stuff uh, just drop a review there for us. It'll really help us out. It'll get us in front of more people who would enjoy it. Uh, we also obviously tell your friends, big part of that. Uh, but this will help you tell people who you may not be friends with or may not be friends with yet. Uh, and it's going to be really important to us and keeping the podcast going strong uh, and paying Zach to co-host this with me. So <laughs> a lot of things go into it and Podchaser would help a ton with that. So we really appreciate it if you guys could head over there and review the podcast, even if you already have on iTunes, the more love from you, the more love we show. Uh, that's, that's, that's how we do it at Puck Puck Pass. Yeah. If we can promote Maria out of intern status, that would be awesome. Yeah. 
yeah, boy, talk about deserving a paycheck. <laughs> for the aforementioned Maria, for Belly Up, at Belly Up Zach Mack. I'm at Belly Up KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Head over to Pod Chaser and review us. We'll talk to you later this week. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at Belly Up Zach Mack, and at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Thank <laughs> you.